The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Today is Kyle Rudolph Day. All right, maybe any day will be Jimmy Garoppolo Day. Maybe he will be traded. We're also waiting for Deshaun Watson news. We're going to have some big news breaking. Uh, around the NFL, hopefully in the coming days and weeks. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg on this Thursday morning, a two-man show. We're going to go through the draft, the ADP, and within every six picks, tell you who has the highest floor and who has the highest upside. And if it's the same player for both highest floor and highest upside, it's probably the guy you want to draft. Hello, Jamie. How are you doing today? I'm a little insulted. Just you and me? I mean, it should be like you get the two of us. Like, not just you and me. That is uh, that is true. It is uh, the dynamic duo, and that. What shirt are you wearing today? I'm wearing the big cane two shirt that Dave bought me. How do you feel about the turnover chain going away? I'm not happy about it. Why? It's so cool. It's so cool. It was started by Miami, copied by so many other schools. Now, like the Red Sox have a stupid shopping cart when they hit home runs. So you know, it's just. It was very cool, and I don't know why they have to get rid of it. I, I think they're tired I mean, of it. If I were you, I'd, I'd like it that Mario's wants to just focus on football. But that is football. It got them fired up, man. It got them fired up. It's, it's tradition. It's a new tradition, but it's tradition. I like the turnover chain. I, I'd, I'd bring it back. Um, today, in addition to highest floor and highest upside, I've got some teammate combos for Jamie. For example, would you rather have... Three Ravens or three Chiefs? Of course, I'll tell you which ones they are. What about a three-eyed Raven? Three-eyed Raven. Oh, man. House of, what is it? House of Dragons coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We need a show that all of America gets into at the same time. You know, and the, the pro, like Stranger Things has kind of been that show, but it all comes out at once so people can binge it. The HBO shows you got to watch weekly, and then everybody reacts. It's really fun. I thought that was really fun with Game of Thrones. It kind of brought us yeah. all together. Maybe House of Dragon will do the same. The trailer was good. Yeah, it was cool. I I got to go over all the lineage and all that and do a little... There'll be a little catching up. Yeah, tutorial before. Okay, uh, here's your Azer stat of the day. Oh, I got to queue up the music, but I will do that. Um, but here's your Azer stat of the day. Uh, Kirk Cousins, so... <laughs> Halfway through the 2020 season is when Justin Jefferson really broke out. And he slumped. Cousins slumped at the end of last year, but Adam Thielen was hurt. So I said, what about the games where Jefferson was established and Thielen was healthy, played his full snap share? That was 18 games. Kirk Cousins averaged in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues 25.2 fantasy points per game. In 2020, that would have made him only QB 11 per game. That was a great year for quarterbacks. But in 2021, QB6. And if you want to go back to 2020, 25.2 points per game would have made, or 2019 rather, would have made him QB4 per game. So that is a healthy feeling and, you know, normal Justin Jefferson midway through his rookie season and then on to his second season. I know you like Kirk Cousins, but just wanted to put those numbers out there because the end of your numbers, they really tailed off after Adam Thielen got hurt. That's kind of what I really wanted to highlight there. Um, but pretty good stuff. Well, I, I think, um, yes, it, it, you'd like to have everybody healthy for Cousins' perspective, but I also think you'll have a better K.J. Osborne because he'll have you know a year under his belt, or two years under his two belt, years. a year of you know playing time. And you'll have Irv Smith back. Yeah, and a different philosophy offensively. Well, that, that's the biggest thing. That's you know, you, I, yeah. I think anytime you, you, you look at the Vikings, it's... Um, it's encouraging, you know. It's it's encouraging to see what their their potential is going to be. You know, it's encouraging when you hear the comments from the the former from the players and some of the former players 
about how Mike Zimmer wanted to operate on offense. It's just going to be, I, I, I think, more aggressive. And, and that's what's exciting about this. And hopefully exciting for Kirk Cousins. Look, this is a, this is a team that I think can challenge to win the division, um, can be a significant playoff contender. I was having a conversation with some guys who cover the league. And one suggested that the Vikings are the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. I don't agree, but oh, you know, get out of town. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you know. Also, factoring some betting perspective in there. As well. Oh, okay, well, that's um, different. Maybe not the favorite. That's probably a poor choice of word. But but a, uh, a strong contender to to reach the Super Bowl with an improved defense and certainly improved philosophy on offense. And Kirk Cousins was. Let's see. This is Dave. Something Dave brought this up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He was 14th in the NFL in pass attempts inside the 10-yard line. And let's see where he ranked in overall pass attempts. I'm going to guess he's a lot higher than than 14th. Uh, I'll let you know in just a minute, by the way. Always crazy, but always fact. That's just an Azer stat. That's right. Always fact. Pass attempts. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was 10th in pass attempts. He was 14th in pass attempts inside the 10-yard line. I think he'll still be in the top 10. All right. Uh, okay, well, that's not past attempts per game, though, because he didn't miss... Oh, he did miss a game. All right, so that might be might be past attempts per game, too. Uh, news and notes. San Francisco is allowing Jimmy Garoppolo to seek a trade. We have a report from Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the Browns, that the Browns are not expected to pursue Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, if you were taking a guess right now, where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo ends up? Cleveland makes a lot of sense. You know, if, if Watson's suspended for the year, if he's not suspended for the year, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think the thing that, you know, at least the sentiment I got from some of the, the reports from, from different teams, they know the 49ers have to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. They know that they have to pay Debo Samuel and eventually Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa. Um, so it's in their best interest to sort of wait this out and see if they just cut Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to having to trade for him. Right. So I don't think you'll see a Seattle trade because same division. But if he's released, then maybe they pursue him. Cleveland, they're going to probably wait out the, the ruling of the suspension and see if they don't have Watson because Garoppolo clearly was an up, would be an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. So uh, barring those two teams and the scenarios that they're dealing with, anywhere else he goes, he's, he's most likely a backup. You know, so could he go to the Giants and compete with Daniel Jones for the job based on the, the previous report about them being interested? Sure. Uh, I'd, I'd be very shocked if if Daniel Jones wasn't the starter week one. It doesn't really make it. The Giants have no money, so I don't know how but, they do but that. But that's that's more of a he's not he getting paid this year. If he gets cut, right? right. If they they'd be hard for any of these strap capped these cash stra- uh, strapped cap cap <laughs> strapped teams to uh, to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, like you could see maybe Tampa if they're not thrilled with Kyle Trask. And wanting to have maybe an heir apparent to Brady. He wouldn't be bad there. Okay. Well, we are talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who has not been that bad for wide receivers. I mean, like the last two times Jimmy Garoppolo has played a full season, he's brought his team to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. Debo Samuel obviously was great. George Kittle's had, uh, George Kittle set the record for most yards by a tight end under Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, now, a lot of it is yards after catch. It's kind of been the specialty of the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo was ninth in passer rating last year, and let's see where he ranked uh, sixth in completion percentage and thirteenth in touchdown rate. He's not a big touchdown guy. Yards per attempt, he might have been number one. No, he was number two in yards per attempt to Joe Burrow. Uh, more news: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed tight end Kyle Rudolph, who has two touchdown catches in his last three seasons, and he's been under four hundred yards three straight seasons. He did, however, average six touchdowns per season from a five-year stretch from 2015-2019. So that was in his past. Is, is Kyle Rudolph relevant at all? I think if you were interested in Cameron Bright, then Kyle Rudolph should be relevant. You know, he's, he's certainly somebody that can score. Um, we know that they like to use their tight end in the red zone. And, you know, the thing that I think he's an upgrade over, he's a better combo tight end than Cameron Bright is. You know, both, I think, are plus blockers if I understand it correctly. I know Rudolph is. I'm sure Brait has been. Um, the thing that concerns me a little bit about this is they lost two guards. And if they're going to run or be heavy with two tight end sets and Godwin's healthy, is Russell Gage on the field as much? Um, no, but here's the thing. 
I think when it comes to the number three receivers, are they on the field that much? Jerry Judy is, is a big example of this. Jerry Judy's stats were or snaps were much lower than Patrick and Sutton's snaps, yet he still had the most targets, uh, not Fair by point. much. Fair because point. when they're off the field, a lot of times those are run plays. And actually, Antonio Brown was another guy that we were looking at. Well, remember after week one, Brown goes off. Well, who's the best Bucks wide receiver? Well, Brown's playing the fewest snaps. But I think that, you know, we're kind of learning. That's not a good thing. But if they're mostly running plays that they're off the field for, then it probably doesn't matter that much, and, right? And targets per snap matter in this case, too. Yes, so that's, that's, a, that's a fair counter. But I, I guess, you know, in terms of your question, I'm not going to chase Kyle Rudolph. You know, it was uh, one of those unfortunate things, you know, for those of us that are still in the Scott Fishbowl or any slow drafts. Um, I picked Kate Otten, Otten um, like three picks, you know, and, and it was, you know, probably within an hour or two. Of and then Rudolph gets signed, you know. So yeah, but would you uh, still? Who would you have rather have now? In in the fishbowl? Yeah, Rudolph. Really? I mean, it's like, I feel like he's kind. Well, of I mean, gone. a rookie tight end on a veteran team is probably not going to play very much. You know, in, in the scenario of no Gronk, he had a chance to, I think, be something. But okay, I'm going to guess Kyle Rudolph knows what he's doing. You know, understands the playbook. We know how Brady operates. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's going to now drop down to third on the depth chart. You know, I, I saw Greg Allman, who I trust, who covers the Bucks for the Athletic. Uh, the tight end that they took in the sixth round is probably not going to make the team, uh, according to him. You know, he was going to be a bubble guy anyway. So Kate Otten, I think, you know, maybe has some moments, but that's a pick that I would like back. It's my fourth <laughs> tight end, you know, so I'm not regretting it. Yeah, uh, I was happy with Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, well, person. Daniel Bellinger is on the pub list. So Daniel Bellinger could be the starting tight end for the Giants. He's a fourth-round pick out of San Diego State, and he is now on the pup list. But that doesn't mean he can't come off the pup list well before the season starts. So that's just that's a name to know in tight end premium leagues. Daniel Bellinger could be the starting tight end for the Giants. A few things to promote here. Our Facebook group. We are closing in on a milestone in numbers. So join that group. Uh, it's very popular. It's very big. And I tried to do a Q&A yesterday, but I did it when nobody was around. But if you left me a question, I can go back, of course, and, and always comment later. Um, but yeah, join our Facebook group. Just go on Facebook and type in Fantasy Football Today. There's also a link in the episode description. Apple Podcasts, you know, to have one great way to get to us is to leave us an Apple Podcast five-star review with a question. But please, if you do that, tell everybody what you like about the show, and then you can ask your question. But a five-star review would be much appreciated on Apple Podcasts. And Podcast Awards, the QR code is in the top right if you are watching on YouTube. And if you're not watching on YouTube, just go, there it is. Just go to podcastawards.com and then click one more thing and then you'll sign up. It'll take 60 seconds. Please vote for us. Best sports podcast, best male hosted podcast, and the people's choice if you want to do that as well. We really want to win this year. We really need your help. We'd very much appreciate it. I'm going to put a link right now on YouTube. Uh, but yes, uh, Podcast Awards, let's, let's bring it home this year. Time now for some fantasy teammate combos. Would you rather have a Vikings trio or a Bengals trio? Would you rather have Cousins, Cook, and Jefferson, or Burrow, Mixon, and Chase? Cousins, Cook, and Jefferson, or Burrow, Mixon, and Chase? I love the Vikings guys, but I'm not sure that's close. I mean, you know, you have the the, the situation. Like, I think... I don't want to say Jefferson is significantly ahead of Chase because he's not. It feels like he is a little bit, but he's not. Um, certainly not in rankings, but no, you just it feels like there's like Cup and Jefferson are closer together than Jefferson is Chase, at least in my mind. But Higgins is so far and away a better option for no, fantasy right now. There's no Higgins. Feeling. There's no Higgins. Huh? There's no Higgins. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? So it's... Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Oh, I just I heard trio and I blanked out. Sorry. Cousins, Cook, Jefferson, Burrow, okay. Mixon, Chase. How about me not listening? It's very it's very much about how how the gap between Burrow and Cousins here because Cook and Jefferson and Mixon and Chase are, are very similar. I'll take the Vikings. Ooh, so you like Cousins better than Burrow? No. Or it's just close enough. It's just close enough. I, I like I like the receiver and running back. God, you said I totally blanked out on that. I started. I just went straight to the receivers. You'd rather that's okay. You'd rather have Cook and Jefferson than Mixon and Chase. Yes. Okay. Who do you think, based on? I point, think Cook can have one last monster season. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, 
Who do you think scored more points last? Who do you think averaged more points per game last year? Cousins, Cook, Jefferson, or Burrow, Mixon, Chase? Burrow, Mixon, Chase. Yeah, by one and a half points, fifty nine point nine to uh, to fifty eight point four. All right, next one: a Ravens trio or a Chiefs trio? Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews, or Patrick Mahomes, Juju Smith Schuster, and Travis Kelsey. Lamar Jackson, Bateman, Andrews, or Mahomes, Juju Kelsey. That's a good one. Um, I guess I have to go with the Ravens because I think it's close with the quarterbacks. It's definitely close to the tight ends, but I like Bateman more than I do Juju. And Juju's going slightly ahead of Bateman at ADP, 82nd for Juju, wide receiver 34, Bateman's wide receiver 37, 86th overall. So you're like the Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews side. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, when and these are great. These, this is very good, tough questions by you. I think the the hard part is like when there's one difference, and for me, the difference is is the receivers. I think I would cop out on this and say Chiefs in six point, Ravens in four point. <laughs> but I also, I mean, I'm starting to feel like Juju Smith Schuster has such a low floor; it's terrifying. The thing that's weird is, and and look, we're we're. The ADP we're looking at, you know, factors in a lot of best ball, and and these people are so diehard, which is great. Um, when the majority of the fantasy world starts to draft, that's going to be telling when we start talking about ADP of where is MVS, where is Sky Moore, and where is Miko Hardman. And I continue to accordion these guys closer and closer together, you know, whereas Hardman was just inside my top 200. Now he's closer to 150. Uh, I moved MVS closer to Juju. Sky Moore is still in my top 60. You know, I'm, I'm so curious to get these training camp reports on these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Juju is just, I don't want to say he's free-falling, but he's falling. You would have liked what Jacob Gibbs had to say yesterday, bringing up that Miko Hardman has really excelled whenever Tyreek Hill has been off the field. And that's, Yeah, no, that's I mean, this was my ga- argument for Miko yeah. Hardman last year. Right. It's not games he's missed that was off the field, you know even within games he's played. Uh, Okay, last one. Now we've got a foursome for the Eagles and a foursome for the 49ers. Would you rather have... (laughs) Okay. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Okay. Or Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. The Eagles. Okay, so let's talk about this because... You could say maybe that A.J. Brown and plus Devontae Smith are similar to Debo plus Ayuk. I have them ranked ahead of both those guys, respectively. So Okay, okay. And then you have Hurts ahead of Lance, obviously. By a lot. So, you, so the difference between Kittle and Goddard is not enough. No. And, you know, I, 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 look, I'm trusting Kittle's talent and, and Kyle Shanahan's play calling to win out, but we know the, the very small sample size of those two guys playing together, Lance and Kittle, was not good. And so, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, again, I said this the other day, I don't want to keep making excuses for Gal- Dallas Goddard, but he's got to step up and play well, and I think he will this season. Uh, to the level of George Kittle, probably not, but um, I just think right now the quarterback edge is, is pretty significant. And the receivers, I just like slightly better based on their receiving talent. Obviously, if you tell me Debo Samuel is going to run as much as he, as he is, which I don't expect, but if you told me that, I would like him better than A.J. Brown. They're back-to-back for me in, in my rankings. And that's PPR. Um, yeah. But I, 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 like, I think Devontae Smith is going to have a very big season. Not, not significant enough that must-start wide receiver season, barring an injured A.J. Brown, but I do think that we get, we get a step forward for him. Like he, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to... I'm uh, I'm I'm diving into the third year receivers for this year, and it's it's uh, interesting to see the third year guys from last year who broke out. Um, I'm excited for next year to see. I think Devontae Smith takes that next step, and then by year three, he's he's in the in in the range of the guys that we're going to be really excited about. Yeah. By the way, if you want to go back to the just to catch up here, the Ravens Chiefs one, Jackson Bateman Andrews versus Mahomes Juju Kelsey. That was almost a tie last year based on points per game. The Chiefs had them by six-tenths of a point. This Eagles versus 49ers won. The 49ers had it by uh, almost six full points, 5.8 points per game. But, of course, look, that was Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo mostly with uh, with Garoppolo. And for Lance, I used 
the two and a half games he played and gave him a per game pace or yeah, per game points per game on the two and a half games that he was the actual quarterback. But um, I, you know what? This actually inspired the segment. So I was just thinking yesterday, I was just thinking about fantasy football, which I do. And what jumped out at me when we were talking about Lance a couple days ago, and I looked at his rushing pace in those 10 quarters and he was on pace for almost just under 1100 rushing yards. And I just said like, you could say, Hey, I really like Jalen hurts. But why am I taking him when I can get Trey Lance five rounds later? <laughs> well, that's a significant part of it. Absolutely agree. Yeah. All right, let's take a but break. I, I, oh, again, going Go back to where the ADP will probably be in August. If Jimmy Garoppolo is gone, which it sounds like he will be, uh, Trey Lance will probably be closer to Hurts than you expect. Because I don't think people are drafting Hurts like we're ranking Hurts. I've already decided that I'm going to draft Trey Lance well ahead of his ADP just to make sure I get him. And, uh, yeah, like, you and then, know, I don't know if we're going to review the draft option. we did on Tuesday at some point. Um, but George Maselli aggressively drafted Lance in that, that draft. First yeah. time I think we saw that. And he took him, you know, ahead of the Rogers Stafford right. Cousins car group, which is where I think he'll end up. That's, I mean, that's where I'll have him ranked. He'll, he'll be a top 10 guy for me. And then they, and then he drafted another quarterback. He drafted Rogers, I think. Correct. Or whoever it was in that range. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You draft Lance first, and then you get these sort of less exciting but still very good options. Yeah, a Lance Fields, Lance Winston, Lance. I mean, if you get Carr Cousins, great. You know, Stafford, Rodgers, great. You know, anybody that's probably outside the top 10, you could pair with Trey Lance and be in pretty good shape. And right now the answer is Cousins because he's QB 15 in, in ADP. And I just told you how good he's been with a healthy Thielen and, and Jefferson. So... QB 15 for, for Cousins, that was one of the guys that in yesterday's show that uh, I think Jacob had as one of his favorite ADP values right now. I, I know we'll get into this at some point, but I, I want to, while it's on my mind, speaking of the draft, uh, when we start thinking of Marquise Brown pairings, uh, we said this in the draft on Tuesday, Marquise Brown, Michael Gallup, very easy pairing to make and can hopefully be a decent bridge, high volume passing attacks, uh, or at least, you know, the expe expectation for both, for good good volume passing attacks for both, um, where if Brown struggles when Hopkins comes back, Michael Gallup should be ready to go. Okay, good call. All right, we're going to take a break now on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, we'll finally dive into the floor and upside discussion. We'll be right back on FFT. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So Jamie and I are going to take a look at Fantasy Pro's average draft position. We'll go six picks at a time. And within each pick, uh, each group of six, Jamie's going to tell you who has the highest upside and who has the highest floor. And hopefully we can come up with the same name for, uh, for each grouping, but maybe not. That's okay. All right, so let's start with the first six names off the board. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, 
Cooper Cup, Derrick Henry, and Justin Jefferson. Who has the most upside? Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, Cup, Henry, Jefferson. I mean, the upside, obviously, is Christian McCaffrey. We've seen it, you know, in the healthy seasons that he's put up and even the three-game season that he had after his breakout season of 2019-2020, played three games. Uh, both those seasons, 2019-2020, over 29 PPR points per game. In the, uh, in the shortened season that he had last year, uh, five healthy games, four of those over 24 PPR points per game. It's he he's he's the cheat code. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? If he's if he's the same guy, he's uh he's the biggest difference maker in fantasy, non-quarterback. And you know, when you're putting up quarterback type numbers, it's hard to overlook like overlook that. Highest floor in that group? I'd like to say Taylor. Um, you know, despite the fact that he plays a, a volatile position because of injury, so Cup might be safer. But I mean, Taylor was you know, he, he's been excellent, which is why he's, you know, the number one overall selection because people like the security of what he brings you. So in two seasons, he's still at the age that you like at 23, but in two seasons, you know, he's been awesome. And, you know, last year um, when they started to feed him, they were more successful. Six of nine games they won down the stretch when he had 20 or more total touches. And so, you know, Frank Reich, I think he doesn't want to be as run heavy as they were, but I can't imagine him getting away from them if their team is successful, uh, which I expect them to be. I expect the Colts to win the division. So, um, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is the highest floor. Okay, let's go to the next six picks. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. Surprising to me, he's a top 10 pick. Uh, Joe Mixon and Stefan Diggs. Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, Stefan Diggs. Let's start with the highest ceiling, most upside. I'm torn between Najee and, and Dalvin. Um, you know, Najee, if he's still involved in the passing game, I think will will be the answer, but... You know, we have some concerns clearly with the quarterback change of going from the statue to some more mobile guys uh, from Roethlisberger to either Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. So I'm going to say Dalvin Cook has the highest ceiling because if he gets back to scoring touchdowns like he had been uh, prior to last year, you know, he's got the potential for 15 plus touchdowns. He's got the potential for 2000 total yards. And so given the fact that his offense is trending in the right direction, uh, I'll go with Dalvin. All right. Who's got the highest floor? Who's the safest pick here? Probably Jamar Chase. I was thinking Mixon. He's a workhorse. Not necessarily going to be on every third down or anything, but he'll have enough catches. I'd say over 40. He's in a good offense behind what should be a good offensive. He's basically Najee Harris with a better setup, better offense, better offensive line. He's going to get all their rushing touchdowns, basically. All their running back rushing touchdowns. Chase. I won't fight you. Yeah. I don't know, just have a little debate here. <laughs> these guys, these guys, oh, they're all first-round picks. They should have pretty damn high floors, right? Yeah, it's, it's not exactly <laughs> the best group to discuss. <laughs> uh, who's got the lowest floor? Harris, Cook, Chase, Adams, Adams Mixon, Diggs. Yeah, Adams. I mean, I, I think, you know, he's had two seasons when he's been this guy uh, of being, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league and, and, and the best fancy receiver in the league, um, where he had a 17 PPR point per game year. I forget the year it was, but and a 15 point per game year. If he gets you 17 points per game, you're going to be happy about that. You know, maybe not if you draft him not as in the, the first second round. or third the board. Yeah, in the first round, I think you'd be a little disappointed. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it's it, it's putting in perspective. You know, he, he's been, I think, five or six straight years of a top 10 receiver. Um, for me, he's closer to that 17 number because, as we've talked about, the targets being distributed elsewhere. He's never had a situation like this where there's been a guy over 100 targets next to him. I believe Jimmy Graham was the most with 89. Um if, if Waller and, and, and Renfro from last year stay in their same area of targets, uh, Adams will still be very good. He just won't be as elite, which is something you just have to consider. Yeah, 17 points per game in full PPR was top 10 last year, but that was Deontay Johnson, Antonio Brown, Tyree Kill, Chris Godwin. They were between 17.3 and 17.6. Uh, the top wide receivers, the top four, we're all over 20 points per game. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, and of course the great Christian Wilkerson, who averaged <laughs> the fourth most PPR fantasy points. He had four catches for 42 yards and two touchdowns in one game for the Patriots last year. Uh, but, you know, like Stefan Diggs, I would really call kind of a disappointment last year. And it's it was just weird. The yards were so much lower. But he averaged 16.8 points per game. He was number 10 per game. And he was drafted, not 10th overall like Adams is being this year, but... Not far from it. So, did he kill you? No. But a little disappointing. All right, next group of six. DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Nick Chubb, even in full PPR, interesting, at 18 overall. 
uh, C.D. Lamb and Alvin Kamara. Again, the group of six, we're into round two. DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Nick Chubb, C.D. Lamb, Alvin Kamara. DeAndre Swift has the highest ceiling. You know, I'm, I'm very excited about him. I think there's a argument to be made that he could be a first-round pick. And uh, the setup is, you know, I, I think as we continue to see this Lions offense, very good offensive line. You know, they added weapons to the receiving game. Um, you know, we'll see if Jameson Williams is healthy. But, you know, Swift, he, he's got the ability to, to do it all. You know, and, you know, you, you love the potential for the receptions. I think he'll work at the goal line. So this could be the breakout season for DeAndre Swift. And um, he, to me, has the highest ceiling. The highest floor, I think, is obviously Kelsey. You know, you know what you're getting. Um, safe, tried, true. Maybe see more targets this year without Tyreek Hill. Uh, maybe, you know, another year of, I, I wouldn't say maybe. I, I think you should count on if he's healthy another year of double-digit touchdowns because of what his role will be in, in the red zone. So Kelsey is the easy floor guy. To me, ceiling is, uh, is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I'm trying to find that that example where we say the same player has the highest floor and the highest ceiling, and I could make the case for Kelsey here. I I think there's a case to be made that he does have the highest ceiling, uh, especially when you just look at pure fantasy value since he's a tight end. But if he's getting you know ten targets per game, then he's probably he could end up being a top three overall type of player, just you know in terms of the impact sure. he has. Um, would you say if there's no Alvin Kamara suspension, would you say he has a higher ceiling than DeAndre Swift? I don't know in the in the current version of the offense because I don't know if his receptions will be the same based on the additions in the receiving core. You know, he's never had a share of the field with this much talent. If Michael Thomas is healthy and Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry just do the the mild expectations that we have for each guy. And then we've talked about this quite a bit. You know, when Mark Ingram joined the team, and we know how much Mark Ingram has meant to the Saints, even with a different coach. It was it was an impact, you know. So, no, I don't think Kamara has the same ceiling as DeAndre Swift. Oh, okay. Let's go to the next group here, the second half of round two: Javante Williams, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Mark Andrews, and Saquon Barkley. Javante Williams, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Mark Andrews, Saquon Barkley. Who has the most upside? You know, I'm torn on this one because I, I you're have gonna say, you're gonna say Barkley. You're gonna say Barkley. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, look, he's got a 90 catch season on his resume. He's got a 2,000 total yard season on his resume. He has no competition for touches. The new uniforms are awesome, um, or the old uniforms are. Awesome. <laughs> they are pretty cool. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be significantly better. I think Daniel Jones under Brian Dable will be better if Barkley stays healthy. You tell me right now. Saquon Barkley's playing 17 games and looks, forget about numbers, looks like his second season. I don't want to even go his rookie season. Looked like his second season. The end of his second season when he came back from the ankle injury. He's a first-round pick for me. So Saquon is the most upside. The, the highest floor? Javante Williams, Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Mark Andrews, Saquon Barkley. It's so hard to say a running back has the highest floor, but I'm going to say Aaron Jones has the highest floor because, you know, it, it's funny. It's like we don't want to give Aaron Rodgers credit for his small sample size without Devontae Adams because, oh, he can't do it over a full season. But we love to talk about the small sample size for Aaron Jones, what he did without Devontae Adams there. But that's kind of what you have to hang your hat on a little bit is that his role in the passing game was amazing. He had five catches per game, you know, in the, in the eight games that Adams has either missed or left over the last three years. And – you know, it just it just speaks to what Aaron Jones could be in this offense. And as long as he's not coming off the field for significant stretches in the pat in the run game because of AJ Dillon, I think Aaron Jones. You know, th th these would be the two. You know, if you want to if you want to have a player most upside or high ceiling and, and highest floor, I'll, I'll give you Aaron Jones just to make it easy. But I think he has the highest floor and he's very close in terms of ceiling. All right, we'll go over to round three now. Look at the next six picks off the board and talk about floor and upside. And here we go. Uh, Josh Allen, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, James Conner, and Ezekiel Elliott. Josh Allen, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott. Highest ceiling. All right, well, first off, let's eliminate quarterbacks early for highest floor because we know that they're going to be the answer every time. So I'll sure. give you highest floor first, and that's Keenan Allen, um, just based on what we know. 
Wait a second. How we operate type plays, rolling offense. Wait a you got you've got back to back picks of the high floor guy, Evans and Allen. You're you're taking Allen as a higher floor than Mike Evans. I am. Okay. How come? Just PPR. Because I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a, a hundred catch guy, and twelve hundred yards and seven touchdowns. Okay. All right. Um, Allen Evans. Josh Allen, Evans, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott. Allen is the highest floor, Keenan Allen. They both, both of the Allens. Who is the highest ceiling? Mike Evans. Because if Chris Godwin misses six games, we could see maybe historic Mike Evans. What about Zeke? Healthy Zeke. <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. That's what, that's what Heath was saying yesterday, is like, or two days ago on Toughest to Rank. If Zeke's healthy, he could be a top five player. I don't know if he can be anymore. You just think that Pollard will have too much of a role? I think for Zeke to be a top five player again, he's got to be 15 touchdowns and he's got to be, you know, 1,500 yards rushing. I don't know if he has that in him anymore. I don't know if he has to be 15 touchdowns because, or maybe total touchdowns, but you talk about small sample size, but when Amari Cooper didn't play, Zeke's catches went way up. So he could have a little bit of an Aaron Jones-like bump. Not if they're talking about more work in the passing game for Pollard. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Okay. Uh, that is the first six picks of round three. Let's go to round uh, the middle of round three here to the end. T. Higgins, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Mahomes, Pitts, Herbert. Higgins, Akers, Montgomery, Mahomes, Pitts, Herbert. Highest ceiling. I'm so torn between Akers and Pitts because if Akers can be peak Todd Gurley, which is asking a ton. <laughs> he can't be. I agree. I agree. But the last time the Rams had a true feature guy was Todd Gurley. And he was historic. Yeah. So I'll say Pitts because if Pitts fulfills the prophecy and flies the dragons, um, I mean, there's just obvious, you know, tight end one potential here. This is a really tough group. Uh, again, Higgins, Akers, Montgomery, Mahomes, Pitts, and Herbert. So you're taking Pitts for the highest ceiling. Who has the highest floor? Eliminating the quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Um, Higgins, Akers, <laughs> Higgins, Acre, Akers, Montgomery, or Pitts. Okay. I thought you know, and Higgins would also be the highest upside because imagine a Jamar Chase injury. I don't want to play any injury scenarios I know, here, I know, but I know. yes. Do you um, find yourself, because I'm getting so nervous about David Montgomery, Find yourself drafting David Montgomery at all? I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. Or wanting to? I would love him in round four. And he's almost there. He's 32nd. I don't know. What is it about us that we can't get on board with David Montgomery? Because I feel the same way. The offensive line might be the worst in the NFL. Yeah. It's going to be in the conversation. You have a quarterback who runs. And so reception totals. I know he had some good receiving numbers with, with, with Fields last year, but... I don't know if that will necessarily be the court case over a full full season. Will they use Khalil Herbert more and take Montgomery off the field? Like, I get to Montgomery in my rankings. I get to Montgomery when it comes to drafts, and it's like I just steer toward receivers immediately. Yeah, I, I Plus don't. Plus, he also drafts him way too soon. I don't really um, worry too much about Khalil Herbert because uh, I'm trying. I just want to get the quote from Matt Eberflus. What he said about David Montgomery, he said, in the passing game, we're going to stress those running backs and stretch their role, meaning can he run the whole gamut of the passing tree, which, you know, it looks like he can. Can he beat guys one-on-one consistently? Is it a safety or a linebacker that's covering him? It's a positive. If he can beat all those guys, DBs and linebackers, and we feel he has the skill set to do that. So I think he's going to be involved in the passing game. He'll probably get spelled a little bit by Herbert, but he'll be the, you know, he'll be the main guy. Um... I think he is a high floor player, but you know, one of the things for fantasy analysts to, to weigh is talent versus opportunity. And I think we all can admit that with a lot of players, we don't really know how talented they are because offensive line and quarterback play and you know, the way defenses defend you, uh, they all matter so much. And I think Montgomery is hard to get a grip on how talented he is. But the reason why I usually don't draft him it's because I look for explosive plays. I look for guys who can make big plays. That, to me, is a talent indicator. And he doesn't do it. It just, he just doesn't do it. And, it, you know. He runs the contact. Yeah, and, and it's like, 
I know he breaks tackles, but he's just not that fast. So that means he's more likely to have down games so he doesn't score a touchdown. Uh, it's why Nick Chubb is so damn good, because even though he doesn't get a ton of work, he just he <laughs> rips off these big runs all the time. So Montgomery, I, I don't love him because of that factor. And um, I do think he's a great pick in round four if he gets there. But I don't think he's going to quite get there. He's, he's not bad round three round if three you go receiver-receiver. Yeah. Um, I just, or non, yeah, non-running back. Right? I, I'm sure you feel the same way. I can't get over the fact that so much of his production was six games. I, maybe even five games at the end of 2020. He hasn't been a very good running back other than that. He's been, he's been, yeah, he's been average. Yeah. All right, we're into round four. And that would be Antonio Gibson, Deontay Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman, and Terry McLaurin. Gibson, Deontay Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Waddle, Pittman, McLaurin. Highest they picked up at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know who I'm going to say. Pittman's my guy here. Um, I, I have him as a borderline round two pick at this point. You know, So I, I'm, I'm all in on Michael Pittman. I, I think the targets will be there. He's going to be, I think, in the conversation for target leaders at the wide receiver spot this year. Um, I, I know he's got the ability to build off what he did last year. And so he could be a 90-catch guy. He could be a 1,200-yard guy. He could be 8 to 10 touchdowns. So he's got the highest ceiling for me. And the highest floor, right? And the highest floor. Yeah, so that's where you where you can say easy pick there, Michael Pittman. Um, but you tell me Pittman and Montgomery in the same, it, that's the decision, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I know, but what if you, well, it's very unlikely you would have started running back, running back, but what if you took Dalvin Cook in round one and DeAndre Swift was sitting there in round two? Oh, no, I'm sorry. So we're, I'm trying to give you a scenario where you would take Montgomery over Pittman. Okay, what if you went wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver, tight end, and then you're deciding between Pittman and uh, Montgomery? If I went wide receiver tight end, I would still take Pittman because I would just lean into it. Um, if I took, based on best player available for me, if I took receiver-receiver and it's a three-receiver league with a flex in PPR, I would still take the receiver. Two-receiver league? Two-receiver league, I would take Montgomery. Okay. All right, to the second half of round four. That would be one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, Brees Hall. Did I say George Kittle with the last group? No. Uh, you ended with McLaurin. Okay, Gibson, Johnson, Jacobs, Waddle, Pittman, McLaurin. So, Kittle, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Darren Waller, DK Metcalf, and DJ Moore. <laughs> I'm going to take DJ Moore out because I, I don't think he's going to be 48th overall anymore. But So, the other five are Kittle. But you know, you, you, again, you're saying that we get excited about DJ Moore much more so than the public does. You think he's going to last to the end of round four? I don't think Michael Pittman is going to be there either. So, you know, this is this is the thing. Like, I got a text message from uh, a guy that I know that I don't talk to all the time. I'm sure this happens to you. As football season gets closer, you hear from people that you don't always speak to. Yeah. Um, and so, hey, you ready to talk some fantasy football? My reply was, I talk fantasy football all the time. I'll catch up with you later. Um, <laughs> but this is the time of year because training camp is starting that people are just looking at it for the first time. Uh, like my, Moore, my, my dentist, I went to the dentist the other day. He's a huge fantasy player. Okay. And he was like, so what are the Bills going to do a running back besides Singletary? I'm like, well, they drafted James Cook. Oh, wow, they drafted yeah. the guy. You know, like, th- this is what people are. Yeah, yeah, You know, so. But, uh, okay, I'm just going to give you 27 drafts on NFC. Somebody said, hey, what is NFC? NFC, these are high-stakes leagues. Uh, there is some best ball in here, but these are people who take fantasy pretty seriously. And they've done 27 drafts in the last week, and DJ Moore is going 36th. Uh, so, and where's Pitt- that's fine. Pittman is going 29th. Yeah. So just be fair. Montgomery is going 47th. Wow. See, here's the, and, and you know, this just to, while you're touching on NFC, this is why you draft early. You're going to obviously deal with some injuries in camp. Yeah. But you're getting values that you're not going to see. All right. The rest of round four then. So let's look at the, I, I just think DJ Moore is going to be your answer to both uh, floor and ceiling. So, no, I'm going to say Travis Etienne in terms of ceiling. Oh, wow. Okay, so the other names are DJ Kittle. Moore is the floor answer. Kittle, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Darren Waller, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore. Okay. So you say this you know, quite a bit, and I agree, uh, about the success of rookie running backs. I'm going to put Travis Etienne in this group. Uh, absolutely. So I think he's going to be the guy, based on first-year players, that has the most success at the position. Now, James Robinson clearly is going to impact the ceiling 
for ETN. And I know you said you didn't want to factor in injuries, but we have a guy that's already injured. Mm -hmm. So Robinson, if he's out or limited for the first half of the year, which is the potential, I think ETN could be a monster. And so we'll see how good he is, what role they use with him and somebody else. But I think he's got the ability to still be very good even when Robinson is there. And when you talk about big plays, explosive plays, few people did it like Travis Etienne at Clemson. We don't know how that will translate, but that was what he did. He just made big plays all the time. All right, we are now into round five. Here's the first half of it. Let me give you the floor. It's DJ Moore. What's that? Oh, the floor. floor. Yeah, you said DJ Floor. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an absolutely terrible musical performance. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Lamar Jackson. Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Marquise Brown. It's the first six picks of round five. J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Lamar Jackson, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Marquise Brown. Who's got the There's highest a lot of good ceiling? Ceiling guys here. <laughs> I'm going to say Dobbins has the highest ceiling. We have three. We have two current Ravens and a former Raven in there. Dobbins, Jackson, and Marquise Brown. Um, Dobbins has the highest ceiling. Okay. I'll make the case for Mike Williams there. Probably the toughest player for me. So torn. Uh, Why are you torn on? I'm torn on his his A dot, basically. If he's just a deep threat, then I think he's going to be disappointing. If they use him differently, then I think he's going to be maybe a second-round caliber player. Could be that good. Um, but uh, and, and we saw the ebbs and flows of his A dot during the season last year. When he was at his best, his A dot was low. Rest of season, it was pretty high. Uh, but he had the fifth most green zone targets in the NFL. He had 12 of them. 12 targets from inside the 10-yard line. He caught two touchdowns in that range. And that was remarkably low. If he keeps that role, he's going to score prob- probably three, four more touchdowns. And then you're talking about really a second-round player. Because um, that would be 13. He had nine touchdowns last year with that terrible green zone rate. Uh, highest floor in this group, Dobbins, Mitchell, Jackson, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown. Brandon Cooks. I mean, you, you, you know what you're getting. <laughs> you know, no matter the quarterback, no matter the team. Um, I was uh, uh, talking to Pete Prisco yesterday, and Pete was very high on Davis Mills coming into the draft. One of the few people I heard excited about Davis Mills. Um, seemingly like he's been proven right already. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to say he should take a victory lap, but he thinks Davis Mills has huge upside. Remains to be seen. I don't know if I agree with that, but if Davis Mills is legit, Brandon Cook's going to win a lot of fantasy leagues once again for people because if this is still the range that he's going in, it's kind of undervalued as well. Second half of round five, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Joe Burrow, uh, Cortland Sutton, A.J. Dillon, and Kyler Murray. Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Joe Burrow, Cortland Sutton, A.J. Dillon, Kyler Murray. I mean, I think the easy answer in terms of upside is or ceiling is, is Godwin because of what he could be in this offense, especially with no Godwin, with no Gronk. Um, but given his injury, I know it's another guy you love, and that's Cortland Sutton. I mean, if he is the DK Metcalf for Russell for, for Russell Wilson now in Denver, look out. I mean, we could be talking about, you know, huge breakout season for Cortland Sutton, and I think he's got that, that type of upside, you know. So he'll be the, uh, the favorite boundary receiver. Um, he'll make plays down the field. You know, I, I, like I said, I spoke to him in March. I, I mentioned this before. He's excited about the throws he'll get, back shoulder fades and, you know, um, fades in the end zone that he's never really got the ability to, to, to get from quality quarterbacks. Um, he's, he's been watching a lot of Russ tape and, and working out with Russ, and I think the rapport will be there. So um, if it's not Godwin, it's Sutton. It, it could be, and Cooper too, though. I mean, if Deshaun Watson's not suspended, then Cooper obviously is a third round pick, probably where he's going for. Yeah, I don't six. know if he has the upside of the other two, though. If they hit, that's a good point. In PPR, I think you know, agree or disagree. Goblin has first round upside in PPR. Um. I don't know if first run upside because we just laid it out the, the scenario 17.7 PPR points per game. He was in that range last year. I don't know if he's that much better than that, but I think he's a safe second round pick. Okay. Uh, who's got the highest floor? Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Joe Burrow, Sutton, AJ Dillon, Kyler Murray. I'll go back to Godwin again. You know, I, I think you know what you're getting, you know, so as long as he's healthy, he'll be in that range. I think the tough part with that is 
if Chris Godwin is healthy, then he's just going to be a tremendous player. But I don't, I don't know what to expect coming off a of torn ACL. I, I don't know if he's going to be as good. You know, it's like, I'm not sure if the, what is the ADP baking in here? Is the ADP baking in, we don't know when he's going to come back? Or is the ADP for Chris Godwin, we don't know when he's going to come back and we don't know how good he's going to be afterwards? I think it's more, we don't know when he's going to come back. I can't imagine. Look, the Bucks have told us what they think. You know, the Russell Gage signing is to protect themselves from Chris Godwin not being right. But it's also more about knowing Antonio Brown again and not having a, a capable, proven third option that Tom Brady seemingly trusts. And he seemingly trusts Russell Gage based on the reaching out to sign him. Okay. All right, we are going to read some emails to finish the show at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. Um, good chat, by the way, going on YouTube today. I want to appreciate. I, I want to thank everyone. I appreciate all of you for being here and for uh, for contributing. Sorry, I didn't read some more of your comments. I was anticipating it, but it didn't really work out. Read them now. I mean, they're kind of see that what happens here is they sort of have their own conversations, which is great. But right now, they're talking about oh, they're talking about ETN. Uh, somebody said I'd rather have Cordaro Patterson several rounds later than Travis Etienne. Fair. Uh, here's I disagree, but it's fair. Crespo rules. Kyle Rudolph impact is he worth an ad in a deep dynasty league? Yeah, for sure. I went to my uh, one dynasty league where we we finished our draft and he's locked, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I, I think so. You know, he's he's got you know I I think one year um, you know to to maybe help you. But if you're if you're thin at tight end, it's not a bad. You know, player just to see what happens. Albert says, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Albert. Well, it's a tough one because it's really not morning anymore. For What if he's on the West Coast? But, you know, right. But if you're on the West Coast and it's 830, right now it's 1130 East, Eastern. What do you say? You say good morning? You just say hi just to cover your bases. Good morning. It's still morning. Uh, Cortland Sutton over Hollywood Brown? For me, that's easy, yes. Oh, you would take him. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Crespo Rule says, thanks, Adam. You're the best male host. Okay, go go vote. You are the best male host. <laughs> uh, is Higgins safer than Chris Godwin long-term? Wow, safer? Yeah, I think so because, you know, Godwin still has his contract situation to be settled. Brady's probably going to retire soon. Higgins is going to be locked in for at least, what, two more years with, with Burrow? Yeah. Uh, okay, Jesse says pre noon is morning. Adam, add it to the terrible text. If you look, if you see me at eleven thirty a.m. and you say good morning, I'm gonna say what? What are you talking about? Like eleven thirty is not morning. Eleven thirty is afternoon. What's the avatar there? That looks like George Costanza. Okay. Jesse oh, yes, Lopez, what is your avatar? It is. It is Costanza. Okay. Uh, Oh, we got a we got a six thirty p.m. viewer from Finland. Okay, cool. International. All right, now we'll read some emails. Fantasyfootball.cbsi.com. This one comes from Trevor. Uh, hi, Neil, Michael, and Edwin. Neil, Michael, and Edwin. <sighs> I don't have a clue. No en- idea. Encarnacion's. Who's the famous? Who's the most famous Edwin? You know, and you better answer correctly. Uh, these are. Astronauts, by the way. The famous Edwin I know? I know yeah. personally or just who's the you most, know of? The first name that comes to mind is Edwin Encarnacion. Oh, you're terrible. Who? You grew up in South Florida. You don't know Edwin Pope. That's his name, Edwin? Edwin Pope, yeah. The columnist? Yes. That was Eddie. Ed. Ed. Didn't he go by Ed? No. He went by Edwin? Okay. I know him. Uh, none of the first five players. Let's say in this. You burn that Miami shirt. Okay. Uh, Trevor is giving us a, a, a scenario here. If none of the first five players at each position by ADP finish number one, who is it that jumps to number one? So which quarterback is number one if it's not Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, or Murray? Hurts. Which running back if it's not Taylor, Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry, or Najee Harris? Dalvin. Which wide receiver if it's not Cup, Jefferson, Chase, Adams, or Diggs? Uh, Mike Evans. Ha. Uh, which tight end if it's not Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, or Waller? Schultz. I don't see any way where he's tight end one. I and I love him, but 
He's got to have a huge touchdown season. I feel like Goddard has a chance because Brown, if Brown gets hurt, that's it. But Oh, I'm sorry. I want to change my receiver answer. CeeDee yeah. Lamb. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? I get that CeeDee Lamb is ranked higher than Evans, but, but does he have more upside? I mean, if there is no Godwin, then Evans has more upside. If there is Godwin, then I think it's going to be hard for Evans to you know break away that much from... And I'm talking Godwin week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this is from Rodney. Um, how do you decide on kickers to pick and when? Some people jump on a kicker like Justin Tucker, um, but what would you do, and how can leagues score kickers better? How can leagues? Yeah. I mean, you do bonuses for kicks over certain yards, you know, so it could be one point for 30 yards, two points for 40 yards, three points for 50 yards. You can get bonuses that way. You could also subtract for misses. Yes. Um, I, I, I mean, the way I judge kickers is twofold. One, what's the historical perspective of these guys? You know, so the careers of Justin Tucker, you know, even though his offense isn't going to be as explosive as, let's say, Harrison Butker's or even Greg Joseph's potentially, um, you know what you're getting because it's a it's the same coach, it's the same kicker, and and they 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 trust Tucker in, in any and all situations because they value points. Um, when it comes to you know the the second tier of ticker of, of kickers, um, I look for offenses. I look for domes. You know, so you know the weather concerns. You know, so that's why I like Greg Joseph a lot. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce the Dallas kicker's name, um, Rodrigo Blankenship. If he's back as the Colts kicker, you know those type of guys, just because of the situations that they're in. Okay, I think uh, Evan McPherson is getting, you know, a lot of love. He had only 33 field goal attempts in 16 games, which really isn't that bad. So he he could have easily been like a top five or six guy in in field goal attempts. But I do think Seattle goes for it on four, on fourth down like all the time. Right? Cincinnati. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Cincinnati. Um, it's kind of their thing. So that's something. Um, but he's I don't know. I know Dustin Hopkins has to deal with that with the Chargers. That's that may have been what I was thinking of, um, but I feel like both teams will probably look that up. All right. Anyway, yeah, don't overthink it. I like uh, scoring. I don't know how many leagues do this, but every yard is a tenth of a point. So a thirty-three yard field goal is three point three points. A forty-two yard field goal is four point two points. Uh, I like that. This is from Mitch. Do players joining new teams affect projections of other players on different teams? Jamie, you can answer this maybe from a ranking standpoint, not projections, but. Um, it, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Baker Mayfield, if the Panthers are better, basically, do you boost up their opponents in the NFC South? Like Brady and Winston and Goff. Or, well, I don't know why he said Goff, uh, but uh, Brady, Winston, and who's the other NFC South team? Falcons. Yeah, and uh, like, maybe Mariota, whatever. Pitts, because they have a tougher opponent You know that they'll have to throw more against. Um, I don't, and I'm sure he'd say the same thing, uh, factor in season-long projections like that or rankings like that. But clearly week to week, that would change it. Yeah, I have, a, though, heard you talk about the NFC West and how all of those offenses, because all, all of those AFC offenses West. could be, damn it, yeah, AFC West, could be so good that maybe that's just a division that you want to look at, you know. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, yes, but it's not just because uh, I'm not bumping up the Chiefs, because the Broncos and Raiders got new toys, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, the Chiefs are already good. Chargers, or Chargers, probably a better example because they didn't change anything really. So I'm not changing my Chargers view because the Chiefs receiving core change, the Broncos quarterback situation change, and the Raiders receiving core change. I'm I'm expecting those teams to all be great because I thought that they the, the ones that are great will will continue to be great. The Chiefs and Chargers, and I think the Raiders and the Broncos got better. Okay, next email is from Justin and the home of the Barstool Sports 2021 voted best college bar. Oh boy, I have no idea. College bars, not really my area of expertise. What was your favorite college bar at UM? Um, oof, boy, does it does it does there have to be one? I like this place called Moe's. Moe's was cool. They didn't say welcome to Moe's or anything, but. <laughs> but it was cool. That'd be copyright infringement. Uh, fourth down attempts last year, by the way. I have that number. I'll tell you who had the most fourth down attempts after we answer this question. 
I keep finding myself deciding between Cam Akers and Travis Etienne in Dynasty. Who are you taking in a PPR startup Dynasty draft? Cam Akers or Travis Etienne? Yeah, Etienne. Um, it's close, closer than you think, but I think Etienne's got such upside um, as a pass catcher. Doug Peterson stays the coach. Um, his rapport with Trevor Lawrence, you know, I, I know Peterson doesn't necessarily have the hugest or the longest history of throwing to his running backs, but he does have 250 catch seasons for guys with Darren Sproles and, and Miles Sanders. And so Etienne, I think, is going to prove that he could be a feature back and also, you know, have a significant edge in catches over Akers. So I'll take Etienne. Okay, want to know who led the NFL in fourth down attempts last year? It was the Detroit Lions. They had five more than anyone else. The Chicago Bears were second. The Chargers and the Panthers were tied for third. Washington was fifth. And actually, the Bengals were very low on this, so I apologize for that. They were 25th. They only had 20 compared to the Chargers, who had 34, ranking third overall. Um, interesting, the Chiefs only had 15 fourth down attempts. That was second fewest in the NFL to the Seahawks. And Andy like Reid just doesn't trust Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'd like to see where they ranked in 2020. Let's see, fourth down attempts. That was a joke. Yeah, I know. I, I got it. Uh, well, you know, sometimes sometimes people don't get those things. They only had 16 in 2020. They were 23rd. Um, very low. So, two teams that show up here toward the bottom two years in a row. I mean, I, just first glance, Chiefs and Seahawks. Not big fourth down attempt teams. And they have good kickers. And this is from Scott. Hey, Herman, Charles, Roy, and Calvin. Lions, receivers, right? Sounds like it. Who's Roy? Roy Williams. Roy Williams, yeah. I love the pod. I listen to every episode. Thank you. Please vote. I need some keeper help. 10 teams, super flex, half PPR. We can keep one player from the following list, but I can keep them for future seasons for an additional round each year. That makes it much more interesting. So is it in a super flex league? Cooper Cup in the fourth. Javante in the 6th, Trey Lance in the 10th, or Michael Pittman in the 11th? Only one? Yup. And you got to be Lance. Keep them multiple years, yeah. Ooh, Javante in the 6th, though, could be really good going for All the these end. guys are great. Lance. I mean, look, you're getting great value on great players, but super flexible. Like, if Trey Lance is the starter, guaranteed, A, in a super flex this year, he's going no later than the third round. Yeah, B, yeah, it's by, the answer. Huh? It's the answer, yeah. Well, I'm saying by next year, if he has the year that we kind of expect based on his rushing, he could be a first-round pick in yeah. Super Bowl. And you've got him in the ninth. Last email from Matt. Hi, Joe, Ted, Carl, and David. Joe, Ted, Carl, and David. I got it. Who is it? So I don't know who Joe is. These are Red Sox. Ted Williams, Carl Yastrzemski, and David Ortiz. Joe, who would Joe, Joe Morgan play for the Reds? Um, yeah, who is a number four, Joe? I'm guessing it's chronological, so it might be an old guy. Let's see. Mm. Uh, I'll try to figure it out. Okay, uh... I think I hit my 10-year mark listening this year. Wow, very cool, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. I still remember when the guys would hide Adam's wallet in the podcast studio. <laughs> Some of my favorite moments. <laughs> I have the same wallet, by the way. Gigantic, stupid wallet. I'm in a league that Bring values... Tomorrow so everybody can see. Okay. I'm in a league that values quarterbacks by giving one point per completion. I tend to wait at quarterback and stack in other positions. With a point per completion, how would you value Jameis Winston? Uh, is the new coaching regime in New Orleans pass-heavy? Does he move ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, or Kirk Cousins? Uh, what do you think about Winston in that format, point per completion? I'm going to guess, since it's Pete Carmichael, who was on the staff with Sean Payton, that the system is probably pretty similar in terms of who the offense coordinator is now. So, no, I would not move him ahead of those guys. I think he is... Uh, a very safe fallback option if you really get screwed at quarterback, but not want to say safe. Decent. Um, but I would like to still have a better number one quarterback. So I think he's, we're, we're going to see... We saw a very good Jameis Winston last year uh, before he got hurt. 
you know, from an efficiency standpoint. I just don't know if I want to trust him as my starter. Okay, so the only Joe I see is Smokey Joe Wood. Played in 1908 to 1915. Let's see if he wore number four. Are we sure it's Red Sox? No. <laughs> no, but he was great. He was a great Red Sox pitcher. He had a 203 ERA in 11 years. Doesn't say his number on here? Really? Or uniform number? Is anybody interested in this? Do you care? No. <laughs> it's got to be Red Sox. Oh, by the way, Jamie, we have to set our lineup because baseball's about to start. Um, the first pitch? One o'clock. Well, Yankees-Astros afternoon action for you, everybody. ALCS. So one o'clock is the afternoon. Yeah, p.m. Yeah, yeah. So is 1130, though. No. I think, uh, oh, Mr. TD has been listening for 10 years. Crespo for six years. And we are out of here. How old is Mr. TD? Mr. TD. Uh, okay, let's guess. Let's guess who. Um, let's guess how old Mr. TD is, and then we'll leave. Mr. TD is 41. I was going to say 43. All right, what do you got, Mr. TD? How old are you? This has got to be one of the weirdest endings to a show ever. Maybe we'll just set our lineup on the air. I'm waiting for Mr. TD to answer. I know you're watching. 39! I was closest, but we both went over. All right, uh, we're out of here, everybody. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you on FFT in 5 right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.